Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we take your mind out of reality and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo. All right, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Never Stop Getting It podcast, the podcast that showcases everything and anyone that never stops getting it. I'm your host, Steve, and I'm flaked by your co-hosts and my co-hosts, John and Scott. All right, so John. So, John, before we get into this, before I ask you how you're doing, let's do our pre-episode ritual shots. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Cheers. That wasn't cold. No, it wasn't cold. No. So there's been a lot going on uh, since the last time we've been on. Our apologies. I think we're pushing three weeks. But, uh, you know, our father-in-law, he's kind of the founder of the podcast. He had a lot to do with the starting podcast, has passed away. So, uh, John, why don't you shed a little light on that subject? Well, I would normally say that I'm doing terrific. Yeah, but we know that's not true. Or fantastic. But I, I can't say that right now. Because honestly, our father-in-law, who was the inspiration for the podcast, passed away last week. And we've been dealing with that, and it's been tough. But at the end of the day, it's a celebration of life, and it's a celebration of what we should hold to be the most important for us going forward. And we shouldn't dwell on the fact that he passed as much as it hurts. We should want to continue his legacy and move forward with something that's greater than that, which, of course, is to have fun, be together, enjoy life, and that's what we want to do. So that's why we're doing this podcast right now, to honor our father-in-law, and to move forward as he would want us to do. And we're going to have a podcast dedicated to him specifically upcoming. And you all should listen to that. And so, again, sorry for uh, not being there for everyone over the past few weeks. But we're back and we're going to be here with you. So thank you so much for listening. All right. Yeah. So, Tim, we miss you. Uh, we're going to continue the podcast. We're going to keep it going. And of course, wherever you're at, never stop getting it, buddy. We love you. So, a lot of things have been going on, like, especially sports wise. Right, John? So, we have the Red Sox. We got, I mean, every sports team is it's crazy. Going crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. let's start. Let's start with the Red Sox, John. Let's start with them. Honest and downs, right? Honestly, this time of year is typically the slow season when it comes to sports because you don't have a lot of sports going on. You have the baseball, of course, the Red Sox, but all the other major sports are not playing right now. So this is the downtime when it comes to sports. And and we were really into sports when we started this podcast because 
living here in New England and and being Boston sports fans, we're all about never stop getting yeah. it, of course, right? Absolutely. And Title and town. so, uh, you know, when it comes to what we have going on right now, we always are focused on what are our sports teams doing, and the Red Sox are on the cusp of making the playoffs, but. They just can't identify with what they are, who they are. Basically, we don't know who they are because they will uh, win series left and right, and then they will just blow series when you expect them to win, and that's a problem. So you can't go into the playoffs with that kind of mentality. You have to know who you are and win when you need to win, and that's just not happening with them. So they're up and down, and we and we love them still, obviously, because we're from this area. But at the same time, we know that they need a little something. They need a little spark, and it just hasn't happened yet. I know that Chris Sale came back recently, and that was a spark. I know that they have had a few streaks as far as wins go. Trevor Story came back. Story came back, and that was something – uh, to to really sink sink your teeth into when it comes to wanting to root for this team, but at the same time we need for them to show us that they have a little bit more than just a, a win a few, lose a few, win a few. Like that's not going to happen for us to be really into this team. We need them to show us who they are, and they haven't done that yet. I kind of blame that on the front office a little bit. Because during the trade deadline, they were in it, they were on fire, and they didn't do nothing. And it's been, how many years have the trade deadlines come and go, and we didn't do anything? And that is really on ownership. That is a real problem with this team. You can't go out and buy for this team. Like, you don't believe in this team if you're not buying into this team. And that is a problem because we need more than what we have. And when the trade deadline comes and you're not buying, then obviously you don't think you have enough to make it. And you don't think you have enough to make a run. And we need to make a run like we're used to. And we are used to that run ever since we won the World Series. So let's go get the run. But it hasn't happened. And why? Because John Henry and group has not actually shown that they believe in this team. That's the problem. John Henry and his group have not shown that. And why? Because they don't believe that this team can go far. Well, their excuse is is they're trying to build the minor league system from the ground up. They don't want to give up any minor leaguers. But listen, when your team is on fire during a trade deadline and you want to keep that momentum going, you want to keep your players happy, and especially when you're winning with a contra- uh, with a team that's making dirt for money, you would think they go out, package a couple of those guys up, just like a Kyle Schwarber. Remember a couple of years ago? That was oh, huge yeah. for no, us. I remember that. But when you're, you're, your third baseman can't throw, but he is – on fire when it hits. I get it. But you need a first baseman that can make up for his mistakes. You know what I mean? So go out and pick up a first baseman. It, something. Yeah, something. You need a you relief need, pitching. You, you need a starting pitching. You need pitching. Well, we've been living off of relievers coming in to start because Chris Sale's been out and on Bayo and in your bullpen, basically, to, to bring you out of this hole. And it, you need to make a move. Jesus Christ, Red Sox. Self-focusing on the Penguins. 
and really do you something for team. the team. You need to do like, something for the Red Sox. You need to do something for this Red Sox team. And they are on the cusp, and they are a team that everyone wants to root for, and they're actually likable. I mean, I like the team. It's just that you haven't, as an ownership, gone out and done what you need to do to bring the pieces in to make a run. And that's what really is sad because when it comes to being in this area and knowing what we've seen over the past couple of decades, we needed for them to do something big. And they have not done that. They have done nothing to do that. And so it really makes you feel like, what are we doing rooting for the Sox when the ownership doesn't really believe in the team? It's sad because I, I would like, I would, I would love to root for the Red Sox because we know how fun it is to have a playoff run and to go into September, October, November even, and really watch them play and want them to actually succeed in the playoffs. And they just aren't going to probably, probably do that. But unfortunately, here we are. We're not going to be in that place. And again, it's because the ownership has not taken an interest in wanting to make the team better. Absolutely. You know, I, I got mad there for a minute. I couldn't speak. But either way, I mean, it's just kind of baseball in general. Remember when you're a kid, you're growing up, you knew almost everybody on every team. You don't know anybody in baseball anymore, you know, besides Shohei or, or whoever's on your home team. But I don't want to get too far in the woods here. You know, baseball is kind of on a decline regardless. But Jesus, make your – you're one of the biggest organizations in Major League Baseball that makes the most money. Spend it. Stop spending your stupid other side projects. Nobody cares about the Penguins or Liverpool. Spend it on the goddamn Boston Red Sox. I got you to that point. You have the money. We know you have the money. Let's go. Let's go. Why aren't you spending the money? You are the problem as ownership in this team. Speaking of spending money, the Celtics decided to spend some money. They signed Christoph Porzingis. Porzingis. Oh, I love it. I love it. And they signed Jalen Brown to the Supermax contract, which at the time, I think it still is, is a high he's the highest paid basketball player ever. Right. Is he deserving of that? I guess at this point he is. But it's only going to go up from this from this point forward anyway. So it really doesn't make a bit of a lick of difference. But they did it. I mean, they traded away Marcus Smart, which is kind of you know, it's, it's uh, how do you say it's, um, it, 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 it's sad to see him go, but he needed to go. You know what I mean? Because he's just, he is a liability on the court. His defense is impeccable, but when it comes, the guy just wants to shoot threes and he can't do it. It really comes down to business at that point because Porzingis is going to make the team better when it comes to the Celtics. He's got plantar fasciitis right now. And when it comes to Jalen Brown – you have to pay what you need to in order to keep a player like that. And yes, it's a supermax contract, but they needed to do it. And in order for the Celtics to get to the next level because they've been so close, they needed to do something big, and they did. Porzingis and now Brown, and they did trade Smart. But at the end of the day, Smart was the one that they needed to relinquish in order to get to the pl- place that they are right now, which is in in contention for another championship because that's what we're all about. If you want to win 
in the NBA, you have to have the pieces to do that. And now I think they have those pieces. That was the right move. And I am very happy about the Porzingis acquisition. And I'm very happy about the smart trade. As much as I don't want to see Marcus Smart leave, I think that that's what needed to happen in order to for us to get to the team we're at right now. All right, so Porzingis has plantar's fasciitis, which is going to keep him out of the World Cup for uh, basketball. That's a little disappointing. Now, I don't know if that's a true story or they're just trying to keep him out, give him an excuse so he doesn't have to play for his team. I think it's yeah. You don't really know when it comes right. to that stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. he did sign. Did he sign an extension yet? But either way, the way I look at it is, I think he has two years left on his deal. Now, if you sign Jason Tatum with Supermax, and you have Jalen Brown with Supermax, and you have Porzingis, there's not much room to do anything else. Okay. No, you don't have. You don't not. So you have, got one year. Right. You yeah. got this year. That's it. You do not have much room at all in the cap, but that's because you decided that this was the year. And I agree. Let's keep going. Every year, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Let's go now. And the Celtics have decided to do that. And I appreciate that as much as any other sports enthusiast can understand about Boston. We are, let's go now. Let's find out who our point guard is going to be. That's going to be, that's going to be a good one. This could be Derek White. Who knows? You know what I mean? It but doesn't really matter. Marcus Smart's gone, which is a great point guard. I really wanted to see the Celtics Win a championship with all homegrown talent. You had Jason oh, yeah. Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, and you had Marcus Smart. That would have been fantastic. But not going to happen now. So either way, nor here nor there. But, John, some sad news on the Bruins front, huh? Oh, my God. It was really sad because we had such a great team, the best ever when it comes to the regular season last year. We had it all. But unfortunately, we couldn't keep it all. We fucked it up. We had to have the retirements mm-hmm. of Bergeron and Krejci, which have crushed us, frankly. Because when you think about those two players, they have made such an impact on the Bruins franchise from the get-go that it it is a really sad day for Bruins fans to realize that Patrice Bergeron is going to be gone, and David Krejci is also going to be gone. And when you look back at the fact that they have won so much, not only a, a Stanley Cup championship, only but one. That's kind of disappointing. It is, <laughs> but it just one in general for for everything that we are used to. You know, here in Boston, they have played their asses off for us, and and we applaud them, of course, for that. But to move on and to be able to say that we are in a sort of rebuilding year when you don't have your captain and you don't have somebody who has been in the organization for 15 years like David Krejci, now you're sort of move, you know, you're rebuilding. And so what is it going to look like? I think it's going to look really good, though, still, because the front office and the Bruins have done what they needed to do to create a team that is built to win. 
And I really believe in them as as far as the the uh, goalie situation from the the defense to the offense. As much as you look at David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron leaving the organization, they are going to be fine. And I don't want to see them leave, but they are older and they are ready to go and we applaud them, but it's time to move on. So let's see what we can do without them. It's a good thing we did win that one championship because I think this could have been a Ray Bork situation. And we don't want that to happen again. Not at all. No. We don't. We don't want Ray Bork to come back to the greatest defensive all time. Massachusetts area with the cup when he won it over in Colorado. Colorado. That was terrible. Well, it was good for him. You know what I mean. But it was bad for us because our owner Jeremy Jacobs was a cheap prick. But he did say, "Once there's a cap, I'll spend to it," and he's done that every year. And and kudos to him for that because I always thought he was an asshole too. Yep. Like I was like I agree. cheap asshole not spending enough. And once the cap was instituted, he held strong to the fact that he would go to the cap. And he has stead by his word and done exactly what he said he would do. And I applaud him for that because he put together several teams in several years, in several decades that have made us proud, really, to be the Boston Bruins sports fans that we are. And I look forward to the next year because the Bees were unbelievable in the regular season and they disappointed us for sure in the playoffs. But the next year is coming and I can't wait to root for them in the in the upcoming year. It's going to be fucking fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait. But, all right, so we already talked about the Red Sox being a cheap team. Let's go on to the second one I feel like being a cheap team right now. That's the New England Patriots. They did just sign Ezekiel Elliott, but they let um, DeAndre Hopkins walk, and they let Brandon uh, – not Brandon Cooks. Uh, they let uh, – who is it? Cook. From the Vikings, the running back Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, yeah, yeah. They didn't even. Right. I don't. I don't know. I'm not even sure what. Well, they did I mean, with him. it's not like they let him walk. It's just that they didn't sign him. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, it, well, that's the same thing with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't sign him. It's like, come on, guys. Obviously, your quarterback needs some weapons. Give him something. You know what I mean? I I get it. You know, I do like Ezekiel Elliott because it's going to bring you into, you know, you're going to have a pass blocker up there and you're going to have this goal line beast that's going to be able, let's face it, he's just like uh, Stevenson. So he's going to be a, a roll, uh, he's going to be a, a cannonball out there, you know, a bowling ball just running through the line. But he didn't impress me last year. But the good thing is he's only 28. So we'll see what happens. Maybe he needs to change the scenery. But our offensive line sucks. So I'm not sure that's going to help either. Yeah, I don't. I I agree with you as far as the uh, Zeke Elliott uh, acquisition because he will do well for this club, and and I I'm happy to have him in the uh, the New England Patriots organization. But I just don't uh, agree with the fact that they haven't done enough on the old line. They haven't not done enough in in the in the the whole system itself. As you just mentioned, you're a little cheap there. I mean, have you spent what you need to in order to bring in good talent? 
Like, I have a problem with you doing that when you are one of the best franchises in the NFL and to not actually spend what you need to in order to bring talent into this club, that's a fucking problem. Let me ask you, John, do you think it's Bill Belichick that's a problem with the spending or do you think it's ownership that uses because an fired Belichick, do you think they're using Belichick as a scapegoat? I totally believe that Bill Belichick is the GM. So anything that we have to talk about w- with regard to the uh, cap and who we bring in personnel-wise has to be on Bill Belichick, honestly. Because the ownership is in some way giving leeway to Bill Belichick to do what he needs to do in order to win games. Because at the end of the day, that's what you need to do. You need to win games in the NFL. And if you can't do that as a GM in Bill Belichick, then it's on you rather than the ownership. And and, and that's how I, I, I think. I think compared to Belichick versus Kraft, that's the – difference it's Belichick that needs to change so the way I look at things is take for instance um, Manny Ramirez or even Jalen Brown you want to bring it closer I'm pretty sure that's not the GM that's going to say hey I'm bringing these guys in the ownership has to give you the approval on it so I'm wondering if Robert Kraft says hey this is your budget make it work and this budget's a lot lower than any other teams is so make it work you know I mean you could back in the day with Brady and Belichick's name was a thing, and that year that they signed Judon and you know all those guys, they, he was kind of running off his name. I don't think his name is worth that anymore. So I think maybe Kraft needs to open up his checkbook a little bit more. I think he's definitely holding back on Belichick. Absolutely. Like when you think about the days when Brady and Belichick and Kraft were synonymous with winning in the NFL. Those days are now gone. Brady left, and we need we need to move on from Brady. We need to move on from the old way that it used to happen because people used to come to New England and they would want to win. Cheap that money. was that was Cheap how money. it worked. If you want to win, then you come to New England and we will pay you a little bit less than what you're worth. That is that is no longer the case. We cannot assume that anyone wants to come here in New England to win because we haven't won in a long time. And that needs to change. So in order for us to move forward with our club, we need to pay, to, to pay more than what we have been. Absolutely, I agree. So I, I definitely think that's a big craft issue. And Kraft, obviously, he was spoiled fucking rotten. You know what I mean? And we loved Bob Kraft. Don't get me wrong. But he was spoiled rotten walking in to picking up Brady in the sixth round of the draft. You know what I mean? He walked into this, to a great situation. Hold, You know what I mean? You had a coach, a great coach that wanted to come to your organization before Brady was there. Belichick, you know what I mean? He didn't want to. He's, he wants out of Parcells' shadow. You know what I mean? Let's let's go to New England. You know, I gave up draft picks for the guy. He basically walked into this. Now, if he didn't walk into this, I wonder what this team would look like right now. Oh, I agree. You ever think about yeah. that, though? No, I, if Brady was not here, 
for all those years, what would the team look like at this yep. point? Would we still have Bill Belichick as our coach? Would we I, have one championship? I don't think so, frankly. No. I don't think so. So I think the Belichick-Brady model has won. So the Brady model? <laughs> no, it's it, you know it's, I'll, I'll give him some credit. I, I will say I, the uh, first three years was Belichick. You know the first three Super Bowls, and then since then, well, that was Brady after that. So I'll give it to Belichick. I, the defense was impeccable in two thousand one, three, and four. I and mean, we, that was crazy. And that, the kicker won the games too. By the way, yeah, we had a lot of special teams play. And we need to move on from that at this point. And that's what we're going to do. We need to move on from that era. And I know that's tough for everyone to, to, to sort of buy into based on the fact that you're so used to having the Brady, Belichick, and Kraft model winning. But it's not the same anymore. We don't have Brady. We don't have the same Belichick that we had back in the day. So we have to do something different. And I hope that this team is going to embrace the new era of the new uh, players. Because, honestly, it's going to be different. Well, let's put it this way. At least they have Bill O'Brien now. You know, you have a real offensive coordinator. And what's strange is we have a new offensive coordinator, and the over and under for the Patriots wins this year is six and a half. That is crazy. You would think you won – now, was it nine wins last year? And it's only six and a half, and you brought in a real offense coordinator. I get the East got better, but come on. You should All be able right. to win All right, let's, more let's outside. Talk about how much we're going to put on that bet. What are we going to do? Oh, I think the three of us should minimal $100 each. At least. Minimum. We'll talk about it. You know how Scott gets, so we'll talk about it. But Yes, we will talk about it in another podcast. On to some better news. Next week, today is a Thursday, so next Friday, which will be August 25th, we have a great thing we're doing. You heard about it on our last podcast episode. Episode We have the Autism Speaks Golf Tournament, which John's brother's putting on, so we're very excited about that. It's going to be epic. My brother has been putting on this tournament for the last 10 years. So this is going to be the 10-year anniversary of the uh, tournament for Autism Speaks. What did they say? Five years at last? Or something when somebody goes and does these Oh, typically. in the last last podcast. It was like five or something like that. Three to five years? If you can go more than five years, then you're doing good. But for Autism Speaks at Blissful Meadows... In uh, Uxbridge, Mass., it's going to be an unbelievable time. And we're going to broadcast from there, and we're going to let you guys all know about it. Again, this will be our third year running with the podcast. Imagine that. Third year in a row. I'm super excited. Me too. Yeah. I can't wait. So, of course, like I said, or like we said, we're going to have our, a podcast about our follow-up, which I hope everybody listens to because he means the world to us. Again, we want to justify him, justify the reason why I do this podcast because we, we – I mean, if it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't be doing this right now. So I can't wait to put that episode out. We'll have some stories from people, you know, his grandkids, his daughters, hopefully. So we're going to get – we're going to have everybody tell some kind of story about him because that's how much he meant to us. And it's a very difficult time right now, but we want to put it out there. We want everybody to know how important he was to us. Exactly. 
just what you said. We want everyone to know just how much our father-in-law meant to us, and he was everything. And the patriarch of the family has passed, and we want to respect that, and we want to honor that, and we will do that in the next episode. Please listen. We we can't thank you enough for listening. We love you, and never stop getting it. All right, everybody. So stay tuned. After that, we're going to have many more guests coming on. We're never going to stop, obviously, because that's our motto, never stop getting it, because we love these guests coming in. We love talking to new people, new minds, new everything, because they all, again, like I said in the beginning, they represent, and we love the showcase, never stop getting it. So whatever never stops getting it, the people never stop getting it, they're going to be on this show. Never stop getting it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Never Stop Getting It podcast. And join the community on Facebook, Never Stop Getting It, and Twitter at Never Stop Getting It. And of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com.